Hi, everyone, and welcome to Focus Forward, an executive function podcast where we explore the challenges and celebrate the wins you'll experience as you change your life through working on improving your executive function skills. I'm your host, Hannah Choi. So this episode is about saving money for college or whatever post-high school plans you or your child might have. And for many people, especially those with EF challenges, managing money can be really stressful. And because college is very expensive, it's something that is good to be really proactive about. Starting to save early is what we would do in a perfect world. Actually, in a perfect world, college just wouldn't be so expensive and we'd all have the means to pay for it without worrying about how we're going to do that. Unfortunately, this is not a reality. Today's guest, Shannon Vasconcelos, who is the Director of College Finance for Bright Horizons College Coach, told me that going to college is a lot more expensive than it was 30 years ago. I did a little research, and according to the Education Data Initiative, since 1990, average tuition and fee rates have increased 130%, and that is after adjusting for inflation. That's crazy. So what can we do? Is there a way to approach saving for college that is less stressful and more effective than just winging it or waiting until the last minute? Luckily, Shannon approaches saving for college in a very executive function friendly manner, so she was just the expert I needed for this topic. We focused on college savings, as college does end up being the most expensive option that people choose to do after high school. But even if you or your child have other plans, many of the lessons and tips about saving that she shares are still applicable. I met Shannon through my experience being a guest on Bright Horizons podcast called Getting In, a College Coach Conversation. Their expert hosts and guests have created an absolute wealth of information about pretty much every aspect of the college admissions process. Although every week they come out with a new episode, so apparently there's more to learn. I was so thrilled to have Shannon share her knowledge on Focus Forward. So listen to learn more from this college finance expert. Now, on to the show. All right. Well, thanks so much for joining me. This is going to be fun. Um, Talking about money is uh, a little stressful for me. I find find finances stressful. So I'm actually really looking forward to this. I've got kids that are uh, in sixth and ninth grade. So we are definitely um, the the audience for this episode as (laughs) well. (laughs) So... Good. Um, Would you uh, introduce yourself for our listeners? My name is Shannon Vasconcelos, and I am Director of College Finance for Bright Horizons College Coach. We are a company that helps families prepare for college in all different ways, from saving to college, through the college application process, um, and how how to get through those college payments. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> and I got to be um, on your podcast uh, a few months back. I was talking about college and how to find success in college uh, if you're going to college with uh, some executive function challenges. So that was really fun. I really enjoyed awesome. that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah we so, love having you. Yeah. Well, I'm so happy you're here today. Good. All right. So one thing that um, that we talked about before we met, and that I and that I really wanted to bring up again, is that um, though we will be talking a lot today about saving for college, uh, some kids don't go to college, and and that's 
great for those kids if that's not their path. Mm-hmm. And but as parents, um, we can still, you know, think about their future and maybe there is something else we can be saving for for them. And so I hope that uh, any listeners whose children uh, choose not to go to college um, can still benefit from uh, some of the uh, co- from some of the content that we talk about today. So I just want to acknowledge Absolutely. that different paths that they follow and for sure and I would say college tends to be the most expensive path we can think of so I think (laughs) if you're not sure if college is in your child's future I always feel like it's better to over prepare than under prepare if it's a possibility we want to think about saving for college but that sort of traditional, I'll put traditional in air quotes. <laughs> there, there's always been a lot of different paths, but that the traditional four-year path, uh, college path, um, kind of residential university, it's not for everyone. And there are lots of other kinds of educational options, short-term certificate programs and trade schools. Um, and you know, even starting your own business, maybe, maybe your child has that entrepreneurial spirit, yeah. but they need a little bit of seed money and you want to prepare for that. So I, I think there's lots of reasons to be saving for your child's future. College tends to be the most expensive one we think of and, and yep. one that you want to be prepared for if it's a possibility. But if, if you save it all, I think there's multiple uses that, that that money could potentially be put to in the future. So like why why should we see why should we be thinking ahead and preparing other than the obvious that like you just said it's very expensive yeah i think that really is is the biggest driving factor that college is such a huge expense and much more expensive than when you or i hannah were going to college mm-hmm. or certainly when parents were probably went to college. If, if they went to college, college costs have been increasing at, at quite a rate more than, you know, the general inflation rate in the economy uh, over yeah. the last, you know, 20, 30, 40 years. Actually, since 1990, college costs have doubled. Oh, wow. So it, it's quite an expense and one that you want to be prepared for. You know, there are different ways to pay for college and certainly one that's gotten a lot of attention lately is student loans. Student loans are, are of course, an option to help you pay for college. But of course, when you borrow student loans, they charge you interest. When you save, you're the one that's accruing the interest. So I, you know, if you're a parent thinking about that, let the interest work for you rather Mm -hmm. than against you. If you do the math on it, saving for college as opposed to borrowing for college can actually cut your college costs in half when you think about all of that interest. So uh, it's real expensive. It's getting more expensive and preparing for it will, will help. I think will help your stress levels (laughs) knowing that you have a chunk of change set aside for college and it will actually having that chunk of change set aside will in the end, reduce your college costs as opposed mm-hmm. to borrowing. And I should also, I think, throw out there, sometimes people are worried about saving for college because they think it will cost them college financial aid. Mm-hmm. If I save for college, they won't give me financial aid. That is just not the case. Your uh-huh. savings 
does feed into the financial aid calculations, but to a very small extent. Oh, oh that's um, good to they, know. The way the fi financial aid formula works is it's mostly driven by the family's income, not their assets, not mm -hmm. their savings. Mm -hmm. um, okay. And so if we want to just put numbers to it so, so folks understand in the financial aid formula, um, your the formula expects you to contribute something like 5% of your assets to college each year. Okay. Okay. Meaning, so if you saved $10,000 for college, that might cost you $500 in financial aid eligibility. So you're still up by 9,500. You could still, yeah. that helps you pay for college much, yeah. much more than the loss of financial aid hurts yeah. you. So that's, um, I would encourage everybody um, who has the means, and I'm not talking about a huge amount of, of means, you know, every little yeah. bit helps yeah. to start saving. It'll just make your life easier in the end. And I love that you pointed out that it reduces stress because as our listeners know, if they've been listening for a while, they've heard me talk about how stress really, really impacts our ability to access our executive function skills, which as we'll explore today, you really do need to access those if you're going to be planning and prioritizing and managing and organizing your, um, all of your finances for the future. So 100%. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Um, so what do you think uh, stops people from saving? I mean, other than what you just mentioned, do you think that's people's biggest reason I, I, for not saving? Yeah, I think so that it's the whole prospect is just intimidating and yeah, it, you know, it's the, the stress of it, like you say, that can just make that executive functioning mm -hmm. that's required just really difficult. Mm -hmm. And and I, I mean, this is part of the stress, just the, the numbers are so overwhelming. It's intimidating yeah. to people. Yeah. And I think they can get into a headspace. Well, it's impossible to save yeah. that much. Mm -hmm. So they just don't try. Yeah, and I think right. that's, that's the worst thing you can do to mm -hmm. let yourself get to the space of I'm so overwhelmed. I'm yeah. not even going to try. Yeah, right. So doing a little exploration and learning, um, as we know, knowledge is power. So as doing maybe listening today to today's episode yeah. and um, and taking that first step to figure out how can I do this in the least overwhelming way? And yes. I am a classic example of that. Num I don't like math. So I have like mm -hmm. a visceral reaction to anything that has to do with numbers, <laughs> even conceptually. I don't like thinking about it. <laughs> So, um, so it, this, I'm, I'm really looking forward to learning about this today. So totally. Yeah. yeah. And I think what I tend to recommend for folks who are just feeling overwhelmed, it's so much, I'll never be able to do it. I don't know how to approach this. I always recommend breaking the process, this sort of big overwhelming process of saving for college, break it down into yes. manageable steps. Yes. And Are I you think... looking for a job as an executive function coach? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like maybe the I need that. One. I've, I've got to save for my kids' college. Maybe I need <laughs> that that side hustle. Maybe. I'll... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean that's that's pretty much. Uh, my go-to strategy for myself and for any of my clients or anyone who is asking, like, this feels really big and scary. What should I do? And you're right, break it down. 
Yeah. Yeah. And in my mind, how I organize it in my mind, I think there are four steps, four basic questions to ask Mm. yourself once you've made the decision, I'm going to save for college. So that's the first, first hurdle to get out. I'm going to do it. And and once you you do that, then I think there's four questions to ask yourself to, um, to bring this, you know, big goal into fruition and, and, and take it step by step. And I think the first, if you're listening, uh, get a pen and paper and write these down. Oh, (laughs) (laughs) yeah. You can start being organized. (laughs) hundred percent. Brilliant tip. Yes. So I think the first question to ask yourself is what kind of account do I want to use to save for college? And this is something that I work with families all the time on, on making this decision because there's different places, you know, you could put your money. The, I would say most popular option for saving for college is using what's called a 529 account. Mm, And that's an account that when you, you, you save your money over the years in this account, when the time comes to make a withdrawal, you, if you withdraw the money for college, so it's sort of like as a 401k is for your retirement, Mm. it's for the specific Mm. purpose. Uh, 529 is for college. And if you're withdrawing the money for college expenses, you don't have to pay any taxes on the earnings of your 529. So it gives you that nice tax bonus if you use this money how it was intended, which was for college. So I would say Mm -hmm. that's the most popular option, the 529 that people are using to save for college. Mm -hmm. It does have that restriction, though, that this money is supposed to be used for college to get the Mm -hmm. tax break. If you use the money for anything other than college, you have to pay taxes on the earnings plus mm. a 10% penalty. Oh, wow. So okay. you want to be, you know, fairly confident you're going to use this money for college. You're not going to okay. Okay. have to pull it out for something else. Mm-hmm. But some people are uncomfortable with that. They want more flexibility. So they will just use a regular plain old savings account mm-hmm. or investment account mm-hmm. that they could use for college or for anything else. Right. Okay. So if you're in that space where, I'm not sure if my kid's going to go to college. Mm-hmm. I don't like my money being tied up. What if yeah. I need it for some emergency? You could just use a, a regular savings account or regular mm-hmm. investment account. You forego the tax break. Mm-hmm. You know, you'd have to pay taxes right. on the growth of the account, um, yep. but you get more flexibility. So that's definitely sort of a decision that people have to weigh. What's more important to me, this, this tax break and saving more money or having mm-hmm. more flexibility. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a nice sort of compromise option that that some folks will choose to use. Um, and it sounds a little weird at first, but it's using a Roth IRA to save mm, for college. Okay. So Roth yeah. IRA is supposed to be a retirement account. Um, and actually, if you're going to be over 59 and a half when your kids go to college, ah, okay, it, it can be a really great option because that that's their the way that a Roth IRA works is very actually similar to a 529 tax wise with a 529, you put the money in um, it's after tax money that goes in, but you don't pay any uh, taxes on the growth. If you use the money for college with a Roth IRA after tax money goes in, you don't pay any money on the growth. If you're over age 59 and a half. Okay. So so if if you had your kids, if you're an older parent, you had your kids in your (laughs) forties. Exactly. (laughs) 
the Roth IRA gets you the same tax benefit as the 529, but without the restrictions. Okay, that's cool. um, and that's even if you're a younger parent, some younger parents will still use the Roth IRA for college savings because they have this, I'm getting real kind of into the weeds wonky here with, with, the, with this option, but with a Roth IRA, your earnings are sort of tied up into in the account till after you're 59 and a half, but your contributions, the amount that you put in, you can get out at any time for any oh, reason. Right. And you've right. already paid taxes on that money. There's no tax implication. So yeah. some younger parents will use a Roth IRA, assuming I will pull the money out, the, the mm -hmm. contributions out, the mm -hmm. principal out to pay for mm -hmm. college. But I'll leave the earnings yeah. in the account till after I'm 59 and a half. Smart. Use those for my retirement. Yeah. So it's sort of yeah, yeah, you yeah. can use it as sort of a, a dual purpose count account because right. it sort of gets you some of the tax breaks. Mm -hmm. but some of the flexibility too. So that, that can be a good option for, yeah. for some people, but, yeah. but there, there's a number of options. So thinking about what your priorities are, um, in terms of what matters to me, saving the most money in terms of tax breaks, what matters to me, having flexibility that mm -hmm. will, I think, drive that first decision of, okay, where am I going to put this college savings? Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's, that's really great information. Yeah. And then I would say the next decision to make is once you know the kind of account you're going to use okay well who who's the actual sort of business or plan manager or bank that I'm going to use to hold the same you can open a 529 account with um, a variety of investment managers the mm -hmm. way it works with the 529 specifically is that every state has their own mm -hmm. um, but you're actually allowed to invest in any state's 529 oh, okay. so I could live in California but invest in the New York state 529 um, and different plan managers will have different fee structures. That's okay. something okay. to look at. Slightly okay. different investment options, though they tend to be relatively um, kind of consistent across the board. Mm -hmm. You can probably mm -hmm. be looking for basic investment options. They'll probably have it in, in any 529. So you want to look at the fees. Many states offer a state tax incentive to stick with your home state's uh, plan. Okay. That's good um, so that's usually enough incentive if your state has okay. one of those mm -hmm. uh, state tax break to stick with your home state's plan. So right, that can make right. the decision easy if it's going to be a 529, if it's going to be like a regular savings account or a Roth IRA, something like that, that's more flexible, then it's like looking at companies that you've worked with, who have you had mm. a good experience with, mm -hmm. again, what kind of what kind of interest do they give you? Or what kind of fees do they charge? Mm -hmm. That can help you make that kind of next level decision. Yeah. So is there a place that um, is there a place that people can go that has all of that information altogether? Or do you just need to go and research each state? If, if we're talking about 529s, like, mm -hmm defined college savings yeah. account specifically. My favorite website to research that is a website called savingforcollege.com. All the detailed information about all the different states, 529s, it will tell you if your state has a state tax break, you can do like side-by-side -side comparisons. They have um, a nice list you can find on their website of the states with the, um, you can sort the list of all the different state 529s by who charges the lowest fees. I think that's a good starting place. Yeah, um, cool. 
So yeah, that's, that, that's, that's a really good place to find, uh, to identify who you want as your plan manager. So it's right. a, the type of account you want, who do you want as your plan manager, and then what type of investments do you want to hold in the account? So again, kind of mm-hmm. like a 401k, the, a 529 is similar to a 401k where you've chosen this 529 perhaps that you want to invest in and you're given a list of maybe 10 or 20 mutual funds that you can hold the money in within that 529. And some have more stocks and some are more bonds. Some 529s have to have straight savings account options. Um, but to make this decision pretty easy for folks who don't really feel comfortable picking investments, they're not sure what they should do. Just about every 529 out there has what they call an age-based fund or target date fund, where you can just choose the mutual fund based on your- That'd be for me. Yes, 100%, makes it so much easier. Based on your child's age, Um, So it might be like the college 2025 fund, the college 2030 fund, based on when your kid's going to go to college. And what happens is you just put the money in that fund. That's all you have to do. You don't have to think about anything else. And over the years, as your kids get closer to college age, Mm. the makeup of that fund becomes more conservative. So it's sort of banking on the fact that when your kids are quite young, you can be a little bit more risky, uh, be a little bit more aggressive yeah, with your investments. Right. As cool. they get closer to college age, you probably mm-hmm. want to be uh, a little bit more conservative, be safer. You don't want to, you know, the stock market to take a downturn and all of a sudden you lose all your <laughs> right. college savings. You want right, to right. gradually yeah. grow more conservative. That's what most kind of financial experts would, would recommend. And these age-based funds do it for you. So that's one very easy that's very cool. um, option for folks who are kind of intimidated mm-hmm. by the prospect of choosing particular investments. Right. Yeah. L- I'm very lucky because my husband is, uh, it manages all that stuff for us and he is not overwhelmed by that kind of thing. So I was just thinking yeah. if you, uh, if you have a partner who, uh, can take that on and is happy to get involved, uh, then that's great. If you, if your partner or you don't have a partner to, uh, work with you on it, it's really great cool. to hear that there are options for people like me who'd be like, yeah. ah, I don't know. <laughs> Completely. Yeah. It makes things a whole lot easier. And and I think, again, 529s as like kind of the primary college specific savings account, they were sort of designed with regular folks in mind. You don't have to be an investment expert um, to get a 529 started. Um, And then I would just say like, final question you need to ask us. So, you know, I, I know I want to save in a 529, let's say, and I live in Massachusetts and they have a state tax break for choosing our plan. So I'm going to go with the Massachusetts state plan. That's who I'm going to house my money with. Um, I'm not sure what to do with investments. So maybe I'm going to choose the age-based fund within that 529 for my child's age. Okay, I've gotten through the first three questions. Final question, how much do I save? Uh, this, yes. this, this can be an intimidating one for folks. And what I tell folks is not to stress out too much about it. If you are maybe more like your husband, you're a real numbers oriented Mm -hmm. person who really wants to kind of dig into the data. There are good college savings calculators online on that savingforcollege.com website. They have a nice college savings calculator um, that can help you with setting some savings goals. Okay. I know my child 
is going to likely go to college in this year. Uh, so you know, I have 10 years to save or five years to save, whatever it is. And this is the calculator will, will tell you, okay, this is what college costs are anticipated to be, the, the cost of an average college at that mm. time. This is how much you'd have to put away on a monthly basis to mm. reach that goal. Cool. So for real data numbers oriented people, I'd absolutely recommend running one of those college savings calculators. The um, flip side to that is I find that running those calculators can be scary for folks sometimes, mm. very, very often. So don't be surprised if this happens to you. <laughs> very often it shows you a number you could not conceive yeah. in your wildest dreams of savings. Right. Yeah. So what I tell people is that is okay. Do not get bogged down by that. Do not worry about that. There are other ways to help pay for college. Mm. There are the student loans we already talked about. There's scholarships, there's grants. There are monthly payment plans where you can pay the college bill like spread out on a monthly basis mm -hmm. as opposed mm -hmm. to like having to come up with the money all right. at once. There's yeah. all these different ways to pay for college. You do not have to save that full that amount, amount yeah. of college that the calculator might tell you, you right, to. Right. Honestly, <laughs> almost nobody can do that. So don't yeah. let that, you, that turn you off the prospect of savings. If you want to see the numbers to help you set yourself some goals and you can afford those numbers, fantastic. Yeah. If you can't afford them, don't worry about it. I always tell people, just do what you what can. You can. Yeah. Take a look at your budget. See if if saving for college or for your kid's future in some way is important to you, and you don't you're not able to save as much as you like. Are there other places that you could cut back? Um, but just do what you can. Any amount that you save is going to help you. It's going to make your costs lower in the end again because you've saved some instead of borrowing it all. Right. It's going to reduce reduce those stress levels. So yeah, just do whatever you can. Don't stress out about the big numbers. Every single little bit helps. I listened to a really great um, episode that the college coach did on scholarships and um, like my daughter's in ninth grade, so it's still pretty early, but I know it's going to happen fast. And I have to say, after listening to that episode, I felt a lot better. Like, oh, there are so many options for scholarships out there. Yes, it requires a lot of work and a lot of planning. Um, a yes. lot of executive function skills come into place there, mm -hmm. come into play. Um, but yeah, all is all hope is not lost. <laughs> no, and I will tell you uh, the the numbers bear out that at I, I think these these numbers. They, they help me a lot when I think about it. I think they help other people. At public colleges, about three quarters of students receive some type of scholarship or grant discount. Mm -hmm. They are not paying full price. At mm -hmm. private colleges that have those super high sticker prices, almost 90% of students are getting a discount. So in fact, almost nobody is paying those super high sticker yeah. prices yeah. that you see. Discounts yeah. are readily available. Uh, again, it's just a matter of um, you know, putting the work in to find the discounts, applying for need-based financial aid. Mm -hmm. You might qualify for mm -hmm. that. Looking for schools where you might stand out, be above average, that will maximize your chances of getting merit scholarships. Mm -hmm. so, so yeah, don't be turned off by the those full giant, huge sticker prices because almost nobody's actually paying them. 
Yeah. Oh, that's good to know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was very lucky when I went to college. I, um, I, uh, well, I guess you could, I don't know if it's luck or not, but I very much qualified for a need-based. So I, I hardly <laughs> paid anything. And I went to, um, a, a private expensive private college yeah. and we hardly paid anything. So yeah. Granted, yeah, and that it's was actually, it tends to be the, the case that those super pricey, expensive private schools, they've got sort of a lot of money to play with. They tend yeah. to be the most generous mm-hmm. with particularly the need-based financial aid. Yeah. So yeah. don't get scared off by the sticker prices. There are absolutely ways to get discounts and most people aren't paying the whole huge sticker price. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So thinking about answering those four questions, um, it it really helps to break it down. And at the same time, you still have to like track all that and <laughs> information. Do you have any suggestions for staying organized and uh, not letting um, not letting all that become overwhelming? Yeah, I think that it's great to, and it's great for saving for college, it's great for achieving all your financial goals, really setting up your own budget, or mm-hmm. uh, I prefer to call them spending plans. I mm-hmm. think people are like often scared <laughs> off by the, the B word of budget. Yeah. <laughs> But when you think of it as a spending plan, it's okay, this is your income. This is what I get to spend. This is a, this is a positive. How do I want to spend my money? What do Mm -hmm. I value? And so keeping track of what you're actually spending your money on, does it align with what you value, Mm -hmm. what you've determined because you've thought about this, you've got organized, um, you know, keeping track of that spending in an organized manner is I think really critical to be able to save effectively for college and really kind of any financial goal that, that you might have yeah. uh, is, is taking a, a, a look at the numbers and mm-hmm. not just spending sort of mindlessly, which mm-hmm. we all do on occasion, yeah, but keeping that, that to a minimum and making yeah. sure you're spending in alignment Spending and saving and alignment with what is most important to you yeah, is, yeah. I think, really, really key to this process. We um, just um, we just started using uh, at the beginning of this calendar year. We just started using a budgeting app, a spending plan app called yes. um, <laughs> called You Need a Budget, uh, yes. which is colloquial called colloquially called uh, YNAB. And yeah. and I love that you said, "Does it align with your values?" And that's what's been really neat about about uh, tracking and. Um, watching how we spend our money and 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 what we spend it on is showing us what our values are and and where the money is going to and it's it's um it's just made me a lot more aware of how we spend our money and and I do catch myself saying you know is this in alignment with my values mm-hmm. whatever it is and it's uh, as someone who is anxious about money it has really helped me feel better about about how about spending and about saving our money, which has been really, yes. really great. That's fantastic. And yeah, mm-hmm. people who use the You Need a Budget app like, are devoted to it. That's like, I haven't it's personally got a, like used a cult it. Following. It's got a cult following. So if you're in the market, like that's one that you that you might want to look at. It doesn't work for everybody. Some people yeah. prefer, like I just use just like kind of a regular 
just spreadsheet that yeah, I just gave right. and that that like works for me yeah. but like everybody is so different and that that is one that a lot of people mm. love so that's one it's that also um yeah, it's very well loved by many people who have ADHD uh, because of something about like how it's organized. It's it's very motivating to use, and it's um, and there's just like a huge population of people with ADHD who really love YNAB. So I totally um, get yeah. that. Yeah, that makes a lot yeah, of sense. Yeah. yeah, and I would and yeah. I would also say just sort of set up like a system to review your college savings progress regularly and this is mm, not oh, the kind of thing idea. I don't think that you have to be like in your college savings account you know on online site like every day did it go up yeah. or down yeah. today yeah. I think that will drive you crazy but maybe set like a once a year check-in you've set mm. it up maybe mm. with automatic investments that mm. I really really recommend that will help keep people on track like don't give yourself a chance to spend the money yeah. set up you can automatic you can deposit automatic deposits every month. Yeah. Um, but like make a, an effort, maybe put it something on the calendar once a year to just take a look at it, review your college savings plan. Um, is what you're doing still working for you or do you want to change things? I think having some level of flexibility is really important to being successful with, with college savings or probably most kind of long-term financial goal, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, think about things like maybe you've had a job change. Mm. So maybe, maybe you're making more money now. So think about that automatic deposit that you set up. Maybe could you increase that? Or maybe mm. the, op maybe you've gotten laid off or you've chosen to take a step back and work. Maybe you have less money available and mm -hmm. maybe you need to adjust what you're putting into the college savings mm -hmm. because again, it's spending uh, in alignment with their values. Maybe you've decided you value some, some other things that, yeah. that need to take priority over college savings mm -hmm. at this point. Mm -hmm. So be thinking about those things, set up sort of a, and maybe an annual check-in to, to, mm -hmm. to think about that, the, the amounts that you're saving. Um, I also think one tip that I think is really helpful to folks with young kids, if you're thinking about this early, which is awesome, you've got a, a baby yeah. or a toddler and you, you want to start saving for college, which is great. Yeah. Time is on your side. That's fantastic. Yeah. But you might not have a ton of money if you are paying for like full-time childcare. Yeah, right. Awesome. A lot, yeah, <laughs> right? yeah. There might not be a lot left in your budget for college savings. And if you can do a little, if you can do $25 a month, $50 a month, mm -hmm. I re definitely recommend mm -hmm. doing it because every little bit does help. But what about when your child enters kindergarten, if they're going into the public school system, you don't have to pay a thousand, yeah. two thousand right. a month, whatever it is right, on a monthly right. basis. That opens up more ability to save for college. Yeah. Uh, you take that money. Wouldn't that be great if you could take all of that money you've been putting there and stick it right in the 529. 100%. That will like put jet fire into your college yeah. savings plan. But if you don't think about it, if you don't do this kind of check-in, yeah. it becomes really easy to just, that yeah. money trickles out and yeah. is spent on yeah. other things. And you all of a sudden, where did I used to have to pay $2,000 a month for childcare. Now yeah. I don't feel $2,000 a month ri richer because yeah. it's just going out into the world in all these different ways, but make that concerted effort to check in. Oh, yeah. I've got, I'm going to about to have this new money in my budget. I can direct 
all of it would be great, or even some portion of it into mm-hmm. college savings. Um, that will really kind of supercharge your savings. And, and childcare, I think, is the most obvious one. A lot of parents of young kids are still paying back their own student loans. Mm-hmm. So again, maybe you can't right. afford a ton right now because you're working on paying off your own student loans. Yeah. But once those student loan payments end, maybe that's an opportunity to supercharge your savings. So, so checking in kind of regularly as circumstances change. Um, and I think also your like your college expectations could change and that could affect, mm. you know, that type of account that you want to save. And that's something you that you can change along the way. So maybe when your kids were young, you weren't really sure is college going to be in their future or mm. not. Maybe you weren't really comfortable doing that 529 where you get the great tax break for college, yeah. but if you use it for something else, you have to pay a penalty. So maybe that scared you off the 529 at first and you just wanted to use a regular savings account to get started. And then that was working for you. But as the years tick by, maybe you realize, I'm pretty sure my kids are going to go to college. This is mm-hmm. going to be what we're going to use this money for. Mm-hmm. Maybe at that point, instead of doing the regular savings account that doesn't get you a tax break, maybe you start putting money into a 529 mm-hmm. later yeah. on once you're more yeah. confident that, yeah. that college is in the future. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think it can also, you know, work in reverse. Maybe you started saving in a 529 when your kid was a baby. And as they get further on in their, um, you know, their high school years, you you come to realize they're not really interested in college. This mm-hmm. isn't the path that they're on. Mm-hmm. Then maybe you can switch and start saving into a more flexible account. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. just setting up that kind of, you can do it at different intervals. I think at least early on, like an annual check-in is a good point to just set aside a little time, put it on the calendar, Mm -hmm. you know, reoccurring appointment every year and just set aside a time, look at your budget, look at Mm -hmm. how your savings is doing, look at where it is. Is this plan that I set up initially still working for me or is it time to do some adjustments? Mm -hmm. I think Mm -hmm. that will help folks uh, along the way. I love that. That's a, a great example of how um, cognitive flexibility, the the executive function skill of cognitive flexibility yeah. comes in because you have to be able to look and say like, this is the plan that I originally had or that we originally had. Is that still the case? Oh, it's not. Yeah. Okay. Well, what's something else that we can do? And, and that can be really challenging for people. So having the additional totally. knowledge about the other options is a great way to make it eat more easy to be flexible. So- Completely. And, and, uh, and I, I sort of said this, but I think to reiterate, you know, being flexible, I don't think means being like reactive. Again, mm, yeah. I don't recommend like mm-hmm. looking at your account every day. Oh, no, it went down a little bit. I need to pull <laughs> my money out. It's, right. it's not that kind of, um, you have to be able to sort of deal with your emotions a little bit of doing any kind of investment is, mm-hmm. you know, if you're in the stock market at all, stocks go up and down, right? Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. so you can't be sort of, you need to be able to control your, mm-hmm. your emotions to some extent is it stocks went down, my, my account's down today, or maybe even this year stocks yeah. are down. Yeah. That does not make me happy. <laughs> I wish yes. it wasn't that way. Yeah. But I know this is a long-term endeavor Mm -hmm. and this doesn't change my overall goals. Mm -hmm. So I'm not going to panic, you know, when when I see that and I'm going to 
I'm going to stick to my plan that I know is right for me at this time. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. I will review that plan annually. And I'm willing to change if the plan doesn't make sense anymore. But this um, this knee jerk reaction I'm having on this one day does not mm-hmm. mean the plan doesn't work anymore. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's, un- yeah. it's understanding that kind of upfront. And I think knowing doing that sort of internal, you know, introspection to know your risk tolerance is mm-hmm. I think yes. kind of important upfront. If you are going to be in the stock market at all, you have to be able to deal with, deal with those yeah. ups and downs. You yep. have to be, um, you know, willing to take those risks for the potential of greater return. If that does not sit well with you, if you're like, this will just stress me out Mm -hmm. every day, Mm -hmm. then maybe you shouldn't be in the stock market. Like you you think about like, what's the like absolute best, like financial thing is not always what's best for your life and your emotions and just day-to-day living. Mm -hmm. If you have a very low risk tolerance, maybe you think about using a a lower kind of risk investment. So like that high yield savings account or a more conservative kind of fund. Um, Mm -hmm. I think there's actually, I've neglected to mention in addition to 529s are like the kind of most popular type of college savings account. There's another one that is available in some states, not all states, Mm, but some states have a prepaid tuition plan. Ah, okay. Prepaid tuition plan. What you're basically doing is kind of locking in tomorrow's tuition at today's prices. Ah. Um, And they generally work. Unlike 529s where you can invest in any state's 529 mm-hmm. and you can use the money for college in any state, they're they're more flexible. With prepaid tuition plans, you're locking in tuition usually at your home state's uh, public colleges. Okay. okay. Um, so if you're um, fairly confident that your child is like mm-hmm. likely to attend an in-state mm-hmm. public university, prepaid plans can be a really good option. And yeah. what, what they're essentially doing, again, you're kind of locking in that tuition uh, at today's prices. What's kind of happening behind the scenes is a guaranteed rate of return. If mm-hmm. tuition goes up 3% mm-hmm. every year, your investment makes three percent every year so you have the equivalent and that's a guaranteed so prepaid tuition plans are you know a lower risk option Mm -hmm. you're not um subject to the whims of the stock market every year yeah the flip side the sort of more negative side to it is you're also probably not going to make a ton of money mm-hmm. tuition. Yeah. What we've been seeing lately is kind of two or 3% average okay. annual tuition increases. Okay. So you're going mm-hmm. to make decent rate of return, nothing mind blowing, mm-hmm. but you're also not going to lose money. So yeah. again, thinking about your risk tolerance, maybe the prepaid tuition plan sounds better to you than 529 money in the stock mm-hmm. market. Mm-hmm. And I should say that even though they're sort of tied to in-state tuition rates, um, you're not 100% locked into to your child attending an in-state public university. Okay. Oh, that's what great. usually happens if they choose um, an out-of-state school or a private school, mm-hmm. you get your money back 
plus some sort of minimal mm. rate of return. So I didn't see. Lose okay. Anything. You don't lose anything. It yeah. didn't make it sense. So again, mm-hmm. kind of a lower risk option. So again, thinking about mm-hmm. your risk tolerance um, and if you feel like seeing the stock market go down, it is going to make you lose your mind and yeah. give up on saving altogether. Right. altogether yeah. something like a prepaid yeah. plan is yeah. a better option for you. Um, Those are such that's such a great example of how important it is to have this self awareness of, of um, you know what like like you said your own risk tolerance or in even your kids like teach your kids like you know what do you want out of your college experience do you want to stay close to home do you want a bigger school you know or or do you want a smaller school or you know if they know what they want to be when they grow up then you'd look at that lo- that that local public school and see if uh, it has what they're interested in so just that totally. self awareness. Um, metacognition is the is a good executive function skill. Just knowing like how we tick uh, is yes. so important in that uh, in the ability to be proactive instead of reactive. So, Makes yeah. so much sense. Totally. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's great. And um, and also like you said, that emotional regulation piece and not having that reactive knee jerk reaction and seeing, yes, it, it's a marathon. It's not a sprint where uh, hopefully it's a marathon. Hopefully you've started this planning right. early <laughs> enough. Yeah. That totally. makes me think like, what if, what if, uh, what if plans change and you do have to be really flexible and your kid is like, actually, you know what? I want to go to college not started saving until they're maybe a junior or a senior in high school it is all are you are you kind of out of you know I don't want to say screwed are you um (laughs) is it too late for you or is there something still that you could do no I would say it is never too late to save for college I, I like to like to say it's never too early to get started it's never too late to get started okay. um wherever you are at in this process whether you've got you know small like elementary schoolers at home or you've got again that like junior in high school and you haven't started savings yet it's never too late to make that decision and again like crossing that hurdle yes I'm going to do that that is the most important yeah. thing and and yeah. everything else can flow from there and are, is it realistic if you're starting junior year in high school to say, I'm going to save 100% uh, of college costs? Probably not, but yeah. that's okay. Every single little bit helps. Every dollar that you save that you don't have to now borrow is going to make a big difference to you uh, in terms of, again, how much that, that college education costs you costs in the you. end. And again, yeah. like your stress levels. Yeah. I'm not going to have enough to totally pay for college out of my savings account, but I'm, I'm going to have some, I'm, I'm going to have a little, maybe I can pay for books. That, yeah. that alone is a big step and a, and a big yeah. stress yeah. reducer. So wherever you're at, um, just making the decision to get started, I, mm-hmm. I think is key. And again, you want to think about, okay, we don't have a long time horizon anymore. So maybe I don't want to be in super risky investments. Mm-hmm. Maybe mm-hmm. I want to play it a little safer. Um, and but, what about but- for, what about for teens who work themselves and they make their own money and that they would like to save for college? Should they just put it into their own 529 or is there some other sort of more beneficial account that a teen could set up? Um, I think you could do it a couple different ways. Like if you're sure this money is going to be, you want to use it for college tuition or um, food and housing. Those are all kind of, um, 
eligible 529 mm. expenses, mm-hmm. um, then yes, absolutely put it into the, the 529. Again, gets you a little tax break. Now, the later you're starting this, kind of, I would say the less significant that 529 mm-hmm. tax mm-hmm. break is mm-hmm. um, because it's you get the growth on the account yeah, tax rate. Right. That's the benefit to yeah. the 529. If right. the money's only going to be in there a few months, like there's just not that much time for the money right. to grow. The, the growth is not going to be that huge. Again, there'll be a little savings there in, in all likelihood, but you want to weigh like how important is tying the money up for this specific use mm-hmm. and compared to the the tax break you're going to get out of it. But I think yeah. if you, and, and one sort of cognitively nice thing about the 529, I think it, it lacks flexibility. You, you think of that as a negative, but for somebody who might be tempted to spend this money mm-hmm. on something else, Mm-hmm. having it tied up where you have to pay a penalty <laughs> to, to get it out that can be yes. a nice incentive to keep it there yeah um, yeah so, so if you like, struggle with some self-control yes. that is a, a good built-in built-in strategy totally yeah so so a, a student who's making their own money could put it into their 529 they could also just put it into like we meant like a high yield savings yeah. account yeah. that gives yeah. them some more flexibility like maybe maybe it's not necessarily money that you're going to use for tuition, but it's maybe to pay for books or it's to pay mm-hmm. for, you know, pizza on a Friday yeah, night yeah. or whatever, those other kinds of expenses yeah. mm-hmm. that might make for a great college experience. Maybe you want to be able to buy tickets to the football games on campus yeah. or the concerts on campus, like those other things that aren't a direct Mm-hmm. college expense that the, mm-hmm. the 529 intention right. is just right. putting it into a regular savings account mm-hmm. where you have total flexibility within the money um, for a student that might be very appropriate for yeah. them so they can use it for all those other kind right. of fun college expenses yeah. tuition yeah. maybe not that fun but yeah. those are fun college expenses yeah it's um, so important to uh to do those fun things because college isn't just about the academics it's so much about the social yes. part so yeah. totally oh, that's great all right so I have to say, like, I feel better after hearing all this. I also feel like if I was not married to the person I'm married to, I would still need some help. Yes. <laughs> so what if you're like me and you're still like sweaty palms, like this still yes. feels overwhelming? Who can you, I mean, I could reach out to you, I suppose. Yes. <laughs> but what are some, what are some other Call me, friends? Hannah. I'm always here. <laughs> okay. Talk yeah. me off this ledge, please. <laughs> Yeah. I, honestly, that's, that's about half of my job. So that that's totally fine to do that. Okay. Um, but yeah, I think that asking for help in this process, because it is so big, because it is overwhelming, I think is a really important skill to have. And I actually think about asking for help when it when it comes to paying for college, I think about it in, in a few different ways. Uh, one is asking for help from friends and family Mm -hmm. to reach your college savings goals Mm -hmm. Uh, because it it is a big number um it for most people saving that full price it's not really possible on their Mm -hmm. own so most 529 plans have a feature where you can ask friends and family for contributions to your colleges 
savings account, maybe for birthdays or holidays. Mm -hmm. I do this for my kids as a way like to send a little automatic email to the grandparents. Mm -hmm. Hey, so-and-so's birthday is coming up. He would love a contribution to his college savings fund. And I have actually found like family being like, surprisingly like excited about it like this is a cool thing to do this isn't going to be a toy that gets broken Mm -hmm. in in five minutes or Mm -hmm. they're gonna like outgrow this is like a really substantial way to help it's small amounts at a time but like every birthday like a little contribution to the college Mm -hmm. savings fund like again it adds up over time so I would not be shy about asking for help from friends and family in that way. I I found that they're actually, they think it's cool and fun and very amenable to that. We we have, um, we have a family friend who is kind of like a third set of grandparents for our kids. And she uh, used to do very similarly uh, what you do. And, um, and so when my kids were little, little, she would buy them gifts. And then at one point, I think when they were maybe four or five, she switched. And now she just gives them something very small, like just like a book or something. Yeah. And then she sends a, a check with the, the thing says for the 529. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. So I, I think that that's a great thing to do. You don't have to go this alone in, in that way in terms yeah. of just getting to the numbers that you yeah. want. I, that. Um, I also think about asking for help in terms of down the line applying for financial aid. Um, Mm. And again, almost nobody pays full price for college. That financial aid is available. So when down the line, certainly apply for it, ask for that help when you need it. Thinking about it now, if your kids are younger, like I think just knowing that that help is available down the line Mm -hmm. is helpful in terms of removing some of the intimidation factor. I don't have to save it all. I'm going to apply for financial aid when my kids is is senior in high school. Um, You don't have to do it all yourself. So just knowing that up front and certainly, Mm -hmm. oh my God, please apply for financial aid. I'll put that plug in now that it's not something to be scared again when we take the things that are intimidating something like filling Mm -hmm. out the forms are Mm -hmm. are intimidating please please do it and please ask for help for with that if you need it but that that financial assistance is available so ask for that down the line and Mm -hmm. going into things know that that is available uh and then finally in terms of asking for help like again with the the whole setup of of this whole process or i'm not sure about these decisions i i know these four questions but i'm not sure what the right answer is you can absolutely ask for you know professional help with that you can go to if you have a financial planner that you're already working with or you're looking for a financial planner can can help um with the setting up of a college savings account if you're just like look i cannot deal with this on, yeah, on my yeah. own. Again, I want to let people know they've made them pretty user-friendly. Like you can do it on your own, mm-hmm. but if it's something like not worth the stress to you, go you yeah. can go to a financial planner. They yeah. can set up these accounts for you yeah. or you can go to to us at Bright Horizons College Coach, an ed- educational counselor that can, that can help you work through these questions mm-hmm. and, and help mm-hmm. you make uh, you know, the right decisions for you. And again, can, we can check in with people I would actually recommend we work with with folks, families privately. So you can go to our website, getintocollege.com and uh, and reach out to us that way. But we also work as an employer benefit with a lot of companies. So it's something to check in with your employer. Do you yeah. offer 
um, college counseling as an employee benefit. And uh, because we do, we work with a lot of companies. And so the employees of companies hire us to work with their employees for free. It's really <laughs> so, cool. Yeah. And sometimes we're sort of like an under the radar benefit mm-hmm. and people don't realize that, that we're there. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes they realize it, but it's not till their kids a senior in high school. Yeah, right, we can right. still help with that at that yeah. point with the college application process and the financial yep. aid application process, but we can work with you when you have a newborn baby That's and are thinking really about cool. how to save for college. So I would say, check with your employer to see if they offer Bright Horizons College Coach as an employee benefit, and then we can help you for free. Otherwise, go to our website, getintocollege.com, and we're happy to help. That's awesome. Cool. Well, I think that uh, if you can if you can stay organized or get organized and ask yourself those four questions, regulate your emotions, take some time to really reflect on what you are like as a person, how you can handle this, what kind of help you do need. And if you do need, use those self-advocacy skills and ask for the help that you need and and go into that meeting with some concrete questions that you've come up with because you have taken the time to figure out what you need and what questions you have. I think that sounds like a great recipe for success, combining financial planning with executive function skills. I love it. I love it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you so much. This is really interesting and also very um, calming. I feel feel like (laughs) better about it. I am so So, glad. And also just, yeah, good. Just listening to you speak so, um, fluently about it. I'm like, oh, it's, it must not be that big of a deal because she's not tripping over her words. Like, this is like, <laughs> that hard. <laughs> you can do it, folks. Anna, I know you're already doing it. You can do it. And everyone listening, this is something that you can do. Again, ask for help if you need it, but, but you can do this and every little bit helps. Great. <laughs> all right. Well, thanks again, Shannon. I really appreciate the t- your time today and all the great information that you shared. It's awesome. Oh, you're so welcome. And that's our show for today. Thanks for taking time out of your day to listen. And I hope you learned something and maybe found some relief like I did. Just because it's money doesn't mean it has to be awful. You can find links to the resources that Shannon suggested in the show notes. And if you know anyone who might benefit from this episode, you can share it with them. If you have any questions or topic suggestions, you can reach out to me at podcast at beyondbooksmart.com. I'd love to hear from you. Please subscribe to Focus Forward on Apple and Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever else you get your podcasts. If you listen on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, you can give us a boost by giving us a five-star rating. Sign up for our newsletter at beyondbooksmart.com slash podcast. We'll let you know when new episodes drop and we'll share information related to the topic. Our talented editor and producer is Sean Potts. Our ultra-creative content marketer is Justice Abbott. And a very special thanks to Ian Fisher at Bright Horizon. College Coach for connecting me with Shannon. Thanks for listening.